Barrett will be Trump's third justice appointed to the Supreme Court, the most for any president since Ronald Reagan. The Senate voted 52 to 48 on Monday night to confirm Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court in a move that makes the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals judge in Notre Dame law professor the third appointment to the high court by President Trump, solidifying his administration's legacy even further just a week before Election Day as he seeks a second term. The last president to nominate three new justices to the Supreme Court was Ronald Reagan. Monday's vote marked the end of a confirmation process that lasted less than 40 days from when late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died to when her successor, Barrett, was confirmed. During that time, Democrats objected loudly to the speed and timing of the confirmation just before an election. Meanwhile, Republicans have touted Barrett's record as an academic and a judge as impeccable in her well-qualified rating from the American Bar Association, the ABA, whose representatives relayed descriptions of her as brilliant and an intellectual giant. Barrett is expected to be sworn in by Justice Clarence Thomas at the White House on Monday night. Senator Susan Collins R. Maine was the only Republican to vote against Barrett after expressing objections to moving a Supreme Court nomination before an election after Republicans blocked Obama nominee Merrick Garland ahead of the 2016 election. Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska has also expressed the same concerns as Collins and voted against a procedure motion to advance Barrett's nomination on Sunday, but she voted for the nominee Monday after saying she would not hold her process obje- objections against Barrett. All 45 Democrats and two independents who caucus with Democrats voted against Barrett's confirmation. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, RKY, said on Sunday, as the Senate advanced a procedural motion that set up the Monday vote, that his party should feel good about their involvement in moving Barrett's confirmation forward. This is something to really be proud of and feel good about. We made an important contribution to the future of this country, McConnell said as the Senate advanced Barrett for confirmation for a lifetime seat on the Supreme Court. A lot of what we've done over the last four years will be undone sooner or later by the next election. They won't be able to do much about this for a long time to come. McConnell has made a point to prioritize judicial nominations during the nearly four years Trump has been the president. Bear will be the 220th federal judge appointed by Trump to this point in his first term, trailing only Jimmy Carter all time. McConnell's dogged focus on judicial appointments led to there being zero remaining vacancies on federal courts of appeals, although Barrett's confirmation Monday creates another for him to fill. Monday's vote followed 30 consecutive hours of floor debate running overnight Sunday into Monday after Republicans invoked cloture on the Barrett nomination in a rare Sunday session. The Barrett confirmation fight was not nearly as chaotic as the previous fight over Justice Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation, which involved lured accusations of various heinous acts right against the nominee in multiple rounds of hearings. In fact, Senate Judiciary Committee, 
ranking member Diane Feinstein D. California called the Barrett hearings one of the best Senate hearings that I've participated in. She added to Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham, RSC, I want to thank you for your fairness and the opportunity of going back and forth. Graham responded, I know we have very different views about the judge and whether we should be doing this or not. But having said all that to my Democratic colleagues, you have challenged the judge, you have challenged us, and I accept those challenges as being sincere and not personal. The collegiality between the longtime senators does not mean the nomination wasn't hard fought, however. Interest groups on both sides poured tens of millions of dollars into advertising and Senate Democrats pulled out every conceivable procedural stop to pressure Republicans. That included Senate Majority, uh, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, DNY, forcing several procedural votes on topics from health care to coronavirus relief to shutting down the Senate. In one stunt that was particularly effective at squeezing the GOP, Schumer forced a vote on a measure that would ban the Justice Department from arguing against the constitutionality of the Affordable Care Act, the ACA, as it currently plans to when a case against it comes before the Supreme Court on November 10th. The cloture motion on that failed, 51 to 43, and needed 60 votes to pass, but succeeded in getting six moderate or electorally vulnerable Republican senators to back it. Beyond that, Senate Democrats even boycotted the beginning of the first markup on Barrett's nomination on October 15th and the entirety of the second on October 21st, forcing the GOP to forge ahead by waiving committee rules that require at least two members of the minority party to be present for the committee to do business. But despite the pressure tactics from Democrats, Republicans stuck together and seemed to have votes to confirm Barrett. For many of the GOP senators, Barrett's qualifications were inescapable and were the most important factors in their votes. I consider Judge Amy Coney Barrett to be the most qualified Supreme Court nominee that I've encountered in my 34 years in the United States Senate, Senator Richard Shelby, R-A-L-A, said Monday. I regret that we could not do it the normal way, but what I don't regret is reporting her out of committee. Graham said after the Judiciary Committee gave a 12 to 0 a favorable recommendation of Barrett, with all the committee's Democrats boycotting, I could not have lived with myself if I denied her her day. But for Democrats, the emphasis was on health care, but also alleged hypocrisy from Republicans. There's no escaping this glaring hypocrisy, Schumer said on the Senate floor Sunday. As I said before, not tit for tat, convoluted, distorted version of history will wipe away the stain that will exist forever with the Republican majority in this Republican leader. Check out 40inbox.com to master your money, personal finance lessons and courses, want to make money online, learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Now feel free to give your thoughts as to what you think about this whole situation. Are you for this? Are you against it? Why? Why not? Right? To me, right, I didn't really understand why so many people were trying so hard to basically not let her go through because when it comes down to it did anyone really think that she would not go through because basically the republicans basically 
controlled every aspect of the government in the sense to allow her to get in, right? So to me, it really didn't seem like there was much reason to put in so much effort to try to fight it because everyone knew that she was going to get approved, right? If you're watching this video or episode, right, if you listen to this on the podcast, everyone knew that she was basically going to be confirmed no matter what. So why were so many people doing all these different tactics to prolong the time frame to potentially what? Maybe prolong it till after the election, right? But even if they prolonged it till after the election, right? It wouldn't really matter because there's still multiple months where Trump is still president. So she would still just end up getting in there no matter what. Like prolonging it doesn't even do anything. So I just never really understood it. Feel free to give your thoughts on it. I just, I don't understand why there is so much hate around her, so much hate around this whole situation when no matter what, no matter what you wanted to happen, whether you were for or against it, she was going to be confirmed no matter what, right? Like everyone could see that, right? Like, and of course, you know, there's like those like memes or like the viral videos of like, girls screaming or something right in their cars right it's like it doesn't make any sense right it doesn't make any sense people were attacking her family and people were attacking her belief system people were attacking everything people were basically attacking her and basically calling her that she was basically racist for having kids of a different race than her right which doesn't make any sense to me right like, if you guys have ever met someone who was truly racist, she's not it, right? Like, if you've ever been around someone who's actually racist, you know she's not it. So to me, I just don't understand all the energy, all the emotion around this, right? And from what I've seen in different videos of her talking, she's someone who typically will let decisions stand so something passed or something was concluded on a specific case years ago from what i've seen it seems like she just would let that go right like she would not really touch it so to me it doesn't really make sense that anyone really had so much emotion around this whole fiasco because when it comes down to it it doesn't even matter right she was going to get confirmed no matter what so just feel free to give your thoughts i just don't understand it. An anonymous crypto holder just completed the largest dollar value Bitcoin transaction in history. When with Bitcoin's price continuing to hold close to $13,000, one crypto wallet has moved more than $1 billion of the digital asset. According to on-chain data, a Bitcoin BTC wallet holder moved more than 88,857 Bitcoin worth roughly $1.15 billion for a fee of only 0.0027847 Bitcoin or $3.58 at time of publication. The coins were confirmed in block 654,364 on October 26. Data from an analytics platform Crystal Blockchain appears to show that the user sent the coins 
from an address labeled as Zappo Bitcoin Wallet. Because Coinbase Custody acquired Zappo's institutional business in 2019, it is possible that the U that the 1.1 billion dollars in Bitcoin originated from the U.S.-based exchange. This transaction is the largest movement of any cryptocurrency by fiat value, with the Bitfinex exchange setting the previous record in April. It transferred 161,500 Bitcoin for 1.1 billion at the time for a fee of only 0.68. Neither of these transactions were actually the largest amount of Bitcoin to ever be moved. That honor goes to a 550,000 Bitcoin transaction made on November 16th, 2011, by the MT.GOX exchange or GOX, worth 1.321 million at that time. That amount of Bitcoin could be liquidated for more than seven billion dollars today. Ant, backed by Jack Ma, billionaire founder of e-commerce platform Alibaba, is to sell shares worth about 34.4 billion or 26.5 billion euros on the Shanghai and Hong Kong stock markets. Advisors to Ant set the share price on Monday amid reports of very strong demand from major investors. The previous largest debut was Saudi Aramco's 29.4 billion float last December. Ant, an online payments business, is only selling about 11% of its shares, but the pricing values the whole business at about 313 billion dollars. Mr. Ma's Ant shares are reportedly worth about 17 billion dollars. Taking his net worth close to eighty billion dollars and confirming him as China's richest man, Ant runs Alipay, the dominant online payment system in China, where cash, checks, and credit cards have long been eclipsed by e-payment devices and apps, as well as owning Alipay, which is estimated to have more than one billion users, and also offers wealth management, insurance, and money transfer services. The company is expected to make its dual listing in Shanghai and Hong Kong next week, underlining the latter exchange's growing importance as a financing hub. The Trump administration tray,、uh, has threatened to limit Chinese firms' access to U.S. capital markets, a move that is part of the long-running trade row between Washington and Beijing. In response, China called on its flagship tech giants to list on domestic stock markets. Chinese tech firms, including NetEase and JD.com, have already raised billions by selling their shares via the Hong Kong stock market. According to the Bloomberg News Agency, Mr. Ma told a conference in China on Saturday that the flotation would be of huge significance for Shanghai and Hong Kong. This was the first time such a big listing, the largest in human history. Was priced outside New York City, he told the Bund Summit. We wouldn't have dared to think about it five years or even three years ago," said Mr. Ma. Major investors to have signed up to the share offering ahead of flotation scheduled for five November 
include Singapore State Investor Temesek Holding and Abu Dhabi Sovereign Wealth Funds GIC and Abu Dhabi Investment Authority. Analysts said the flotation offered investors a chance to secure a slice of Asia's fast-growing tech sector. Digital commerce and infrastructure platforms in Asia provide an unprecedented opportunity for Asian and global investors to be a part of the next wave of value creation in Asia, said Varun Mittal, an emerging markets expert at consultancy EY in Singapore. Earlier this year, India saw a rush of international investors keen to invest in infrastructure and platforms ecosystem, which is being replicated in the Chinese ecosystem now. Check out Fortinbox.com to master your money. Personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. The IRS released annual inflation adjustments for 2021 for many tax provisions on Monday, including new income tax brackets and an increased standard deduction. It also announced that contribution limits for 401ks and IRAs will not increase next year. For 2021, 401k contribution limits, which are based on cost of living adjustments, will remain at $19,500 for individuals, plus an additional $6,500 in catch-up contributions for those 50 or older. The same limit also applies to 403b accounts, or 403b accounts, most 457 plans, in the government thrift savings plan, simple retirement accounts, savings Incentive match plan for employees will also stay at their current savings limit of $13,500. Limits on the individual retirement accounts will also stay at the 2020 level, maxing out at $6,000. Those over 50 can contribute an extra $1,000 to traditional and Roth IRAs in 2021. Though the contribution limits remain largely unchanged, the income ranges to be eligible to make Roth IRA contributions will increase next year. The income phase-out range for singles and heads of household will be $125,000 to $140,000. For married couples filing jointly, it will be $198,000 to $208,000. Check out Fortinbox.com to master your money. Personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of the A former Uber driver in San Diego on Monday sued the ride-hailing company for racial discrimination and how it uses passengers' reviews to evaluate drivers. The company relies on a star rating system, which the lawsuit says disproportionately leads to the firing of people who are not white or who speak with accents. Uber has long known that relying on a system that depends on passenger evaluation of drivers is discriminatory, wrote the driver's lawyer, Shannon Lise Riordan, in the federal lawsuit, which was filed in San Francisco and is seeking class action status. The suit claims Uber fires drivers if their average ratings drop too low. The suit aims to represent all minority Uber drivers who have been kicked off the app because of poor star ratings. It asks a court to order Uber to stop using passenger evaluations when deciding whether to ban drivers from the app. 
Uber's use of the system to determine driver terminations constitutes race discrimination, as it is widely recognized that customer evaluations of workers are frequently racially biased. Indeed, Uber itself has recognized the racial bias of its own customers. Lise Riordan wrote in the suit. Uber strongly contests this in a statement. The company called the suit flimsy, arguing that ride-sharing has greatly reduced bias for both drivers and riders, who now have fairer, more equitable access to work and transportation than ever before. An Uber spokesman would not comment on how passenger star ratings factor into a driver's termination, but pointed out that when riders give a driver a low rating. The company asked for more information in an effort to determine if bias played any role. The app asked passengers after completing a ride to rate their driver on a scale of one to five. Uber says this system helps keeps rides safe by identifying problematic drivers. In the suit, plaintiff Thomas Liu is described as Asian from Hawaii. And speaking with a slight accent, he claims he was fired in October 2015 after his average star rating fell below 4.6. Lou contends that riders gave him bad reviews because of his race. He noticed riders canceling ride requests after he had already accepted the ride, and the rider was able to view his picture. He also experienced riders asking where he was from in an unfriendly way, according to the suit. Before Lou could file the federal lawsuit, he had to first file a discrimination complaint with the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. It did not make a determination on his case and dismissed it in August, allowing him to pursue the claim in court. The suit comes eight days before voters in California will decide the future of ride-hailing in the state. In a ballot initiative known as Proposition 22 or Prop 22, carves out an exception to a new state law that would force companies like Uber to convert its drivers from independent contractors to employees. Critics of the proposition say ride-hailing companies are attempting to avoid providing its drivers benefits like paid sick leave, unemployment protection, and health insurance. Backers say drivers prefer flexibility over employee status. App-based companies Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, and Instacart have pumped nearly $200 million to persuade voters to pass the proposition that effectively creates a legal loophole for ride-sharing and delivery companies. Uber and Lyft threatened to leave California altogether if the measure fails. Last week, a state appeals court affirmed a lower court ruling that ride-sharing drivers are central to the company's business, and therefore should be afforded employee benefits. Check out FortiInBox.com to master money, personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money on online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Feel free to give your thoughts on this whole situation. To me, Uber and Lyft is an app, right? And it's an app that allows people the opportunity to either work whenever they want and people to get a ride basically whenever they want, which would normally not exist at all. Think about think about it like this, right? Would Airbnb would have to like? Do you think Airbnb 
should be required to pay the people who host their houses on there as employees. Because that's the same way to really think about it, right? Because a lot of the people who are making money off of these apps are just using the app because it's the middleman, right? It's the service that allows them to do it. But feel free to give your thoughts about it. I'm 